Hello and welcome to the fourth episode in our series on the COVID-19 pandemic and five stages of grief as identified by Elizabeth Cooper-Ross. So today we're going to talk about stage four, which is depression. I uh, am actually doing this podcast series a week later than I had anticipated I would, and in part it's because I was depressed myself last week. Um, just a lot of things going on for me personally, and some of it is just the stress of uh, how things have been being in lockdown here with a small child. And I realized I needed to take some extra time last week to rest. So that is one nice thing about not getting paid to do what you do, <laughs> or you know, to do a job right, so you're not beholden to an employer, uh, which is actually a pretty good segue into what I want to say about depression and the pandemic. So it's really struck me how little time and cultural support people have nowadays for doing the work of grieving, which includes uh, going through times of depression. So like if I was working at a normal job and I was feeling really depressed for a few days, then it's not like I could expect to have a positive reaction at work if I took sick days for that. <laughs> I mean, you know, an exceptional employer might be understanding, but generally in our society, we're pretty uncomfortable about people seeking accommodation or support for being depressed outside of telling them to see a doctor. The expectation is kind of like, well, you should talk to your doctor and, you know, they'll help you fix things so you can get back to normal. But the thing is, at least some forms of depression actually are a normal part of life. Being depressed is not always a form of sickness or pathology. Certainly it's very unpleasant, but depression is also just one of the natural and normal stages of the grieving process. So here's where I want to talk about the Bible a little bit, and I don't have a specific story today, but what I've been thinking about are certain themes, and one is that the Bible is filled with references to people suffering the kind of catastrophes that nowadays we're much more sheltered from, at least in the developed world. So things like war and poverty, you know, famine, violent crimes, obviously disease, even things like attacks by wild animals. All of these things were much more normal. <clears throat> they were much more just a present reality back then that people had to deal with, had to come to terms with. So nowadays we have this slightly deadly disease that's going around and it's this huge shock, you know, because we're so unused to being vulnerable in this way. But from a historical perspective, this kind of thing is totally normal. It's actually really mild, you know, as far as plagues go. So in biblical times, people had a lot more major losses to grieve over in life. And I suspect it's not a coincidence that also in biblical times, there was much more of a ritual to the grieving process. So, for example, people might put on special clothing, uh, sackcloth uh, comes to mind, um, also rope is mentioned in the scripture, and people might rub ash or dirt on their head, and of course, avoid social engagements, fast, and spend time in prayer. Now, just take a moment and contrast that with the lack of ritual and cultural norms associated with grieving in modern society. 
and also I just want to point out that in biblical times, these grieving rituals were not just for when someone died. Uh, you could use these rituals when you're going through some other kind of crisis as well. So when I think about the global crisis that we all are facing right now, and this fourth stage of grief, depression, I feel like we need to return to a greater cultural awareness of grieving and an understanding that depression is actually a normal and natural response to traumatic events. And I think we could use more public expression of sorrow, especially from people in prominent public leadership roles. Now, of course, I can't imagine that happening with today's politicians here in the U.S., but if it were to start with religious and cultural figures, then maybe it could spread eventually. And I do feel that this is extremely important because the pandemic is really only the first of many international crises that we can expect will be hitting the world in years to come. And the pandemic is causing massive suffering, but this is probably just a taste of what our future holds as the effects of the ecological crisis continue snowballing. So it seems to me that we're moving out of this really historically anomalous period of life being basically safe and easy, with tragedy as the exception rather than the rule. And we're moving back into a time when obvious and overt suffering will be increasingly a part of everyone's experience. So, that, that is depressing, isn't it? <laughs> but, uh, Alright, so, so what can we do? Well, first of all, uh, we can start by just holding this in our awareness and letting ourselves be depressed and letting ourselves feel the pain of it and, uh, and just go through that. So that's number one. Just be aware of it and talk about it. And second of all, we can practice supporting people who are in pain. So when we ourselves are in the depression stage of grief, then we can be very kind to ourselves. Not be ashamed to make special accommodations, or like, like saying no to our usual obligations if possible. Taking extra time to rest. Reminding ourselves it's normal, natural to be depressed at times, and that trauma can take many, many forms. <clears throat> so we can practice being very understanding toward ourselves, and then we can do the same for others. And this is what I feel like could make a huge difference. It can make a huge difference for individuals who are suffering uh, as we move into this world where, you know, tragedy and, and loss is just going to be overwhelming at the societal level. <clears throat> but for individuals suffering, because it's always an individual who suffers, you know, it's never, uh, you know, a, a nation exactly, because... Uh, you know, the, the nation is made up of individuals. So, so we sh can think in terms of ministering to the individual and learn how to support individuals. And we can learn to just listen to people with an ear for the pain that they may be going through. You know, sometimes when people are depressed or they're going through grief, all you see from the outside is their defense mechanisms. But when you're listening carefully, 
then you recognize that behind what might be very off-putting behaviors, there's need and there's suffering. So we can learn how to speak to people with gentleness and with compassion and encourage people by really recognizing their gifts and speaking that to them. And also asking if people need help. And of course we can keep in mind that offering practical help, like really practical stuff, even if it's something very small, can make such a huge difference to the person that needs it. And of course we're much more likely to recognize opportunities to do these things and to offer people help and support others if we're practicing an awareness that people around us are suffering and asking ourselves, what can we do to help? So by the way, this is why I feel that I need church so much or something like church, because I need regular reminders <laughs> to keep thinking about these kinds of things and keep asking myself, what should I be doing? What, what can I be doing to help? So. If you would, we'll just take a couple of deep breaths together. And we can set an intention to be very kind to ourselves, especially when we're suffering pain, and to be very kind to others during this difficult time. Okay, now we're gonna sing a song from the Taze community in France. So this is a very simple song. Uh, it's, it's just the same phrase that's repeated a couple times to music and it's used as a form of meditation. So. Even if you've never heard this song before, once you've heard it a couple times, then you can just start singing along. And the words are, Within our darkest night, you kindle the fire that never dies away. So we'll sing it all the way through four times all together. So hopefully you'll learn it within the first two and then you can sing with us the, the second two. <coughs>
Thank you. All right, and let's just say a word of prayer. Dear God, thank you for being with us in our darkest times. And we pray that you would help us to recognize others when they also are in need, that we might show your light to them, your kindness, and your love. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening, and we'll be back tomorrow with the final episode. It's when everyone's, everyone's favorite step, right? Or every favorite uh, stage of, of grief. <laughs> <laughs> when you finally get to uh, acceptance at the end. All right, so until then. <laughs>